0: You're listening to Look at My Records. This is episode 140. For this edition of the podcast, I had the chance to interview Central New Jersey's Cheyenne Dan. The band just dropped their latest single, Butterflies, last month and have plans to release a full EP before this horrible year comes to its merciful end. During our interview, we talked about how the band got their start at the College of New Jersey, the current state of the music scene in central New Jersey, what they miss most about playing live, the writer's block that frontman Jonah faced before writing their great song Happy Days, and a whole lot more. We'll dive into the interview right after the jump. If you're interested in hearing more episodes of Look at My Records, they're available on all streaming platforms. Please remember to rate, review, like, and subscribe on your platform of choice. also encourage you to check out the Look at My Records website, where you can find reviews, premieres of new songs, specially curated playlists, and a whole lot more. Check it out at lookatmyrecords.com. All right, I'm here with Jonah, Colin, and Nick of Cheyenne Dan. Have y'all been holding up in COVID times?
1: We're we're good. We're doing well. I think we're all pretty. I think we're all like pretty fortunate right now. Like um, we're all like we're, we're all kind of still in school, so. Um.
2: didn't really affect us that much
0: cool so you all live together or
2: me Jonah and Dylan live together Nick lives in Philly um so it's been kind of brutal not being able to see him during all this but he actually been making my trips up yeah he he just got that negative result on a test so he had the green light to come oh yeah so now we can all be in one room for the first time in a while it's pretty cool
3: yeah
0: beautiful before we get into what you guys have been up to? I know you all attend the College of New Jersey, great institution in the fine state of New Jersey. How'd you wind up meeting and playing music together?
1: Um, Yeah, I, I was recording stuff on my own and I sent it around to some friends and I sent it to Dylan. And then dylan had the idea of like kind of like forming a band and i also like i just got i signed a lease for like an off-campus house for the first time and we had like a space to practice which was awesome
2: and then that was just kind of how it started sort of like jamming on that so he reached out to dylan and then i knew dylan from from just life not life but from college and then dylan reached out to me said hey me and this kid jonah are trying to start a little band, put something together, play some shows. This was two years ago now, actually exactly two years ago now, like in August of whatever. And I was like, yeah, that sounds awesome like let's let's do it. So then I, I didn't even know Jonah. So then I met Jonah at our first band practice. and then we had Jack Jack went to TCNJ with us and then um, he played with us for like a year and then he had to he had to do his own thing. So then I knew Nick from high school, we went to high school together. And I knew he ripped on guitar, so we reached out to him. So then the past year, he can play with me.
0: So when you came together, you're all, would you say, active previously in central New Jersey music scene? Um, what was your experiences playing music before you came together?
1: For me, I, I kind of only did stuff on my own. I would go to shows when I was in high school a lot. But then in college, I wasn't that involved with it. I think um, Dylan had the most experience in it because he played in a band earlier and he organized shows around like uh, Manasquan and like the Jersey Shore. And he's like kind of well known around that area. So he was like what had most of like the connections like within like the DIY space in New
3: Jersey. Yeah, Dylan, Dylan definitely has the most out of it. I mean, I my first show was actually my freshman year of college and I was going to college out of state, and I moved back, and then I kind of got more into it with hanging out with Colin, meeting Jonah and Dylan.
0: And what what you all connect on? Did you all immediately click for having a similar musical vision for this project? Were you listening to the same stuff that allowed you to click as far as what type of songs you wanted to write and things like that? I
1: don't I don't really know. I think we all just kind of became really good friends and. We, did, we all had, like, similar tastes in music, I guess. And I just, I don't know, it was just, like, really, like, fun, I think, for a lot of us. Like, I didn't do a lot of things, like, around campus. I don't know how it, like, involved, like, you were, like... Yeah, at the time, I wasn't doing too much either. Um, and, like, having, like, these, like, house shows, like, around school, like, kind of really would, like, gave us an outlet to, like, be more active in, like, just, like, the school community and then, like, sort of, like, expand outwards.
0: So are you connected at all? New Brunswick has a really you know, established basement scene throughout various different time periods. How connected are you all with that? And what's your, the scene that you consider yourselves a part of? Like
1: Dylan's the most connected in
2: that space. Uh, We've had probably four shows there. Yeah. They're all awesome though. The scene out there is sick. You're right. I'm like really jealous of it. Um, I would say our scene is kind of tough to like call because Before we were kind of doing house shows around like the TC and J area where we like would frequent, obviously, because we live here. There Um, there wasn't really like a scene here. Yeah, there was no scene. Like my first two years of college, I didn't go to a single basement show. And if I had heard of a single one, I definitely would have gone. So it was apparently like a few years before we got here. It used to be there was like a cool scene that was starting to get built up here. But then I guess the bands left and there were no bands to follow them up and it just kind of died out. So then... That's what made it like even more exciting to start this project is like, let's try to get something going. And then now we're going into our senior year. Jonah just graduated, he's one year older than us. But um, like there's some more bands that popped up. We have a lot of friends who started really awesome bands. Um, shout out Ornamental, Hello World, Format, Format, War, War. Format War, I don't know. But it just, yeah. So like something's blossoming here for sure. And it's really cool. So we like to consider this home. There's not the most shows. And aside from this, we we played a lot of shows down at Rowan, they have a actually pretty awesome scene that they have going there
0: that's really cool that's awesome to hear i love new jersey
2: yeah no we're so lucky imagine trying to do this in like 40 of the 49 other states it would be almost impossible
0: (laughs) (laughs) so i'm assuming just like everyone else you've been locked down for a little while now it's been easing up a little bit and you have an ep coming out soon you record everything at home nick jonah and colin since the three of you live together have you been able to spend a lot of time writing music together jamming together what's it been like the last few months creatively
1: not not a lot of like jamming uh because so dylan like dylan lives like in our house but uh, he's been like living with his like family, sort of like quarantining for most of it. So we haven't had like him here, and uh, we also like don't have like a PA system right now. So we haven't like been able to like jam at all. I think since like quarantine, um, we kind of um, started going back to like I started like self recording a lot of stuff because like that's what I was doing before we became a band, and. Um, like with quarantine and like like sort of like eliminating like the possibility of like jamming and stuff I've kind of like gone back to like self-recording everything and then like sort of like putting these things together and then what like I would like to do is like like what, what I normally like to do is then take it to the band and it sort of becomes like a new thing in like a live show context but we ha- just haven't been able to have the second step which is uh kind of frustrating because it feels like it takes sort of away the collaboration, I feel like. Um, you know, there's always like I'll always like send things to people and like get opinions or I mean Nick's been like sending
3: solo we've been sending like solos back and forth. It's been, it's been a lot of texting and you know doing stuff on your computer remotely. Even if it's just like plugging into guitar center and trying to figure it out before, you know, I bring something to Jonah. Jonah's been like connecting us pretty well. He's been sending us everything he's been like making and Really making the best of it, for sure.
1: Yeah. It's definitely stressful, but it's uh, like it's sort of like a different experience than before, uh, like a lot.
0: Yeah. And I read about your live shows that they're very good, so I really <laughs> want to see you play live when this all ends. What's that like for you, writing these new songs which sound great and sound like they would be really incredible to hear in the live setting, but not able to really flesh them out in the live setting. Does that make it feel like an unfinished product to you that you still want to kind of figure out the songs that you just released or that you're about to release?
1: Kind of, yeah. Especially for, um, like, the songs like Butterflies. Like, Butterflies is a song that, like, it, it feel, it's meant to feel like a full band. And uh, when you have a song like that, like, I can demo it as much as I want, but like when you just play it like live and like with other people, they like for like a long time, like there just becomes like new details come yeah. up and like just things that like you you just figure out things about the song that you just don't when you're just sort of like doing it alone by yourself. So it's it, it did it does suck to like sort of like miss out on that experience, but you know I'm getting. Like I'm making something that's definitely different from some of the like stuff we had more like studio, like we did a couple songs like in a studio. Um, but like I'm happy with like the quality of it and I know that like in the future, like once once the semester starts and every, like, everyone's here, uh, we'll be able to sort of like get on that grind again and like work out like a new batch of songs. Um, in that, like, a more collaborative
0: way. Yeah, so your two most recent singles, Happy Days and Butterflies, just in listening to them in comparison to some of the older stuff in your catalog, like the Back to Sleep EP, you know, it's definitely already a pretty big shift in maturation in the type of songs you're writing and recording as far as they're denser and seems like there's a lot more going on. What what do you think spurred that development in your sound and that change in your sound? That's
1: a good question. That, that yeah, that is a good question. Um I think a lot of it was sort of me like so there was like a year so we I had all these songs, I brought them to Cheyenne Dan, we worked them out, and like we there was like kind of like that like era of us, and like during that like first like year or so, like I wasn't writing because I was trying to like write songs. I was like trying to write like songs like, oh, like I need to write a Shy and Dan song. Or like, and, like, I need to like write something that sounds like us. But like, that's like a lot of pressure to like put on yourself. And I didn't really know like what we sounded like. And like, I didn't know what I was supposed to be. So like it caused this huge like writer's block. So I kind of like took a step back and I spent a lot of time like writing songs for like other projects and just writing like for myself. And like figuring out like where uh, like each track needed to land, um, and I think like so like that sort of like I did this whole like session of like I recorded like nine songs total, and like it all sort of had like it's not extremely cohesive like recording wise, but like the sort of like headspace that they came from is you know that's like why there's a big tonal difference between like this stuff we have coming out now and the stuff coming out before.
0: So what was that like for you to free yourself of what you thought were m- kind of mental confines of this project? It seems like it's really freeing and is allowing your sound to go to different places, but at the same time, you also are trying to maintain some kind of cohesive direction as well.
1: Yeah. I'm honestly like, I think I'm trying to be less, like be less cohesive. You know, with like, because I really like, I have a lot of like really cool ideas um, and like stuff down the line that like it doesn't sound anything like the older stuff we have, but I think it's really good and I want to like share it, you know, like on like a platform that like people resonate with and like get out. Like so almost like to me, like some of the songs that have like coming down the line, like are even more like. like nothing like yeah back to sleep EP, yeah nothing yeah yeah and um i'm just like sort of like maybe like maybe even though like i don't see any similar like uh like qualities in it like maybe like people will be able to like make out like something that like brings it together just because like it's written it is written in like the same headspace and like in similar sessions but um And like, that was sort of like with the release of like heavy metal, like that was something that I just like made my own and we're in like, we're in like a really slow part where we didn't have a lot of like, like happy days wasn't finished, like butterflies, like none of that was like really finished. And I just wanted to like put something out. Um, so I kind of like put that out and I think that's going to be like a precedent for like releasing like more different projects, like down the line that sort of take, some of the sounds from like a song
2: like that and then like making it a little more uh, like and Dan, like what people know. It was like when, when when Jonah was going through like that writer writer's block stuff like a year ago, he like explained it to us. He's like, yeah, I, like he we know he can write songs. Like that's that's pretty obvious. But he's like, I, it's just writing songs for and Dan like he was saying is tough for me. So we just like we gave him the green light. We're like, yeah, like, I mean, like essentially it's it's more than, but we were like, we're not going to force you to release stuff on like a side project that has no audience. Like you've helped us, like you've equally contributed to like building up this platform that we have now, just release whatever you want. And it's like crazy, like dropping heavy metal is like (laughs) crazy. And I'm
4: sure
2: sure there were probably a lot of people who were like, what am I, is this the same? Is this the same band on Spotify that I had been listening to? But, um, yeah, I mean,
0: let him like yeah, do whatever you want. Fuck yeah, <laughs> I dig it. I dig that attitude, man. I like it. So, "Happy Days" is a great song. It's the second most recent single. I liked the the lyrics. I like in the second verse how there's explicitly a reference to the show "Happy Days," <laughs> and. Yeah. When I was listening to it, what I kind of thought of reading the lyrics and listening to the lyrics was happy days of characters on the show. It's kind of like this portrait of normal, happy life. And the lyrics really dive into, you know, bouts of depression and stuff. So I kind of felt like you're kind of juxtaposing those two things. What were you going for with the, the lyrics incorporating the brief happy days reference and uh things like that
1: yeah i mean this song like lyrics wise like it actually even back to like the the first thing like i did this was one of the first songs i was making like for myself when I felt like I had a writer's block, like this was this song, like, like when I originally made it, de- which I have, I've made like three different demos of this song, and like the first one I made, I was like really just trying to like get something out, just to like prove to myself that I could do something, and it like wasn't really like meant for Cheyenne Dan, so and with like the lyric, le- the lyrics, it was literally just like I just like wrote them and like I wasn't thinking about them at all. It was just kind of like expressing like how I feel of just like being. I don't know, just like sad and like feeling like you're in a rut and, you know, just like trying to like work in like some like references that, you know, like I thought like maybe, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. like I just thought that they just like add so much and they're just like, cause I think like there's also, there's the, the happy days reference that's like in this song of like naming the character, but then there's also like the, the Sopranos reference in it. Um, sometimes yeah. I feel like Tony, like Dr. Pushing and Prozac, like I kind of just like took like <laughs> situations from my life that, were just kind of like, I don't know, just like shocking and weird to like just put them, you know, just kind of like put them down without thinking. Cause I think like the lyrics that resonate the most with people aren't like the ones that I like spend a lot of time and like try and make, if I like try to make something meaningful, it never comes out with like the same, uh, I don't know, just like power. Yeah. As something that's
4: just sort
0: of like off the cuff. Yeah, similar with butterflies. It seems to really deal with personal experiences. So you really hone in on the the personal, what you feel and what you relate. Butterflies seems to deal with you know identity, self doubt, relationships and stuff like that. So you really approach lyric writing with the person with your personal experiences, really, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. Espe- yeah, especially butterflies. Like that's like a um, you know, just like a per- just like taking like a experience I had and just like ma- like something that like other people can resonate with and sort of like putting it out there.
0: So they're both excellent excellent songs I really like both of them so butterflies was released after was that a song that you felt more confident writing after you came out of the writer's block that you had after you had already written happy days?
1: Yeah I mean actual I mean butterflies was I kind of spent I spent a lot more time on it. Like it has like the like has the verse and like the pre-chorus and the chorus and those are all different like chord progressions. So like I sort of like I started that like the chorus to me like came like that like I instantly had the chorus and like that was like writing that was like very like it felt effortless which is like that's when you know like something's like working. Um, but it took me like a couple of months to like put together like a verse structure and like the pre-chorus to sort of like complement it. And then like the lyrics with that to sort of like uh, fit in with like the chorus, which is like a very, it was a very specific like moment in my life. and It was sort of hard to like write like verse lyrics that related to like that specific moment.
0: Yeah. And how do you, you recorded these at home you took your time with this, and it does sound like dense and fleshed out. What, what did you record on the track, like other layers of guitars and things like that? What's the uh, layout type of thing?
1: <clears throat> For butterflies, it's pretty—it's pretty straightforward. Happy days is a lot more like layered and has a lot of like, yeah, um, like subtle things going on. But I mean. I didn't really do anything. I just put like a, like an electric guitar, acoustic guitar, and then like a, a lead part. And uh, it you know sometimes like simple is, or I found that like simple is better. And um, going forward, I'm leaning towards trying to like simplify the arrangement as much as I can. Because um, like I want it to be something you can kind of just like play on like one half. Yeah, I want I want the songs to be able to sound good with like a three piece band.
0: Yeah translate live is important yeah the ability to translate to the live setting yeah totally and the ep that these two songs are gonna appear on what's the release plan for that and are you dropping any other singles soon
1: yeah we're gonna we're gonna have another single out before uh the ep release um but there's like we had like we had a slight delay where uh, like i'm trying to like re-record something so i'm gonna have to do that get some things mastered but um i'm on, I'm on track to have like another single out in a month and then like a month or two months after that uh looking at the ep S-
0: super exciting so before the end of the year you think
1: yeah I th- i'd say definitely before the end of the year
0: sick so cheyenne dan fans out there <laughs> you will get that ep awesome. before 2021 it'll be a good way to end a shitty year
3: for sure <laughs> yeah for sure. yeah it'll give us something to do stick together for a little bit i've been able to do that for a few months now so it gives us time to hang out get our ideas down together so
0: what do you miss most about playing live and what song are you most excited to play live from these new songs. <laughs> oh when you're able to play live again.
5: Um
2: I miss I, I don't even, I don't know if I can pick one thing I miss most about playing I miss, live. I, I miss, miss it all
1: so yeah. so goddamn much. I miss much. the community. I miss like the the people, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, of course. That's the best part. Hanging out, meeting meeting new people, being with others. But, yeah. Just like that
3: environment is something that you can't match. you you can't have that environment somewhere else. it's it's kind of just indescribable getting yeah. home, throwing
2: your sweaty, <laughs> yeah. nasty ass clothes right in the washing machine. Mm-hmm. And then um, I am so excited to play butterflies at shows. Yeah, um, I can't wait for that. Like you were saying like that song is that needs to be, yeah, a show song.
0: That has sing along potential, yeah,
2: yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah.
0: All right, so let's uh, let's play a couple of songs. Uh, tell me about heavy metal because that's the one song we didn't really talk about yet. Because I do want to play three songs, your three most recent releases: heavy metal, "Happy Days," and "Butterflies."
1: Um, I mean, I just kind of I wanted to make a song. I wanted to make a song without guitar, I guess. <laughs> just, just because I, I got, the, I got like a little toy, a toy synth from a pawn shop, and I was taking, I'm a music minor, so I was taking like a beginner piano class. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I was like learning how to play, and I just like came across that chord progression, and like for the chorus, and like the melody, and I don't know, I just, I just like really liked that like chorus i thought was awesome and i just like recorded it and i thought like you know like this like meets my like quality like level that i I want and um i just kind of like put it out there it kind of sucks because i can't play those chords on guitar (laughs) like the the chord like it uses these weird inversions that i just can't get it to sound good on guitar so right now it is impossible to play live
2: but and then and then also with putting it out with when we did like I was saying earlier, once we were like, yeah, Jonah, green light, like, drop whatever. And like, like we knew like our sound was going to change going forward. So I, uh, it was Jonah's idea to just be like, <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> guess guitar. what, everybody? Our sound is yeah. definitely going to change. And he just like dropped the craziest sounding one first. But I think it was cool. It was pretty well received, though.
0: Yeah, it's a good song. It's a good song. I like it a lot. Jonah, that's interesting that you studied music a little bit in college. Would you say, coming from the background of playing music in bands growing up in New Jersey, where you didn't really study music, did studying music, maybe you took a theory class or something like that, change your approach to songwriting at all? Do you look at it differently now?
1: I think uh, piano p- piano helps songwriting a lot and like looking at harmonies. Um, but I, I was, like, actually, like, growing up and, like, throughout high school, I was, like, um, like involved in music. Like, I took, yeah, like, yeah. all the AP theory classes. I was in um, the New Jersey, like, I was in the regional orchestra. I played string bass. Oh, sick. So I have, like, a pretty extensive, like, extensive background in, like, playing bass classically. Um, which sort of translates in, like, a weird way to, like you know rock music and like music like this yeah um but yeah i mean mainly i think like i kind of i wanted to be like i wanted to major in music in school but i i hurt my shoulder and i wasn't able to like play bass anymore like at least i wasn't able to play seriously yeah um so i kind of spent like a couple years like after that happened just kind of like confused and like not feeling like fulfilled and then that's when I started, like, recording demos and just, like, stuff on my own. And, uh, like, sort of, I don't know, just, like, finding, like, a new way to do music that wasn't as, like, strenuous physically.
0: Yeah, damn, I never thought about it sounds like playing stand-up bass is strenuous physically.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, especially on, like, the wrists and on your back and shoulder. It's pretty rough.
0: Nice. Well... Well, not nice. That's that's not good, but cool. All right. So we're going to play Heavy Metal, Happy Days, and Butterflies. Three songs by my guests, Cheyenne, Dan, from Ewing, New Jersey. The greatest state on the face of the (laughs) earth.
6: Let's go. Let's go. That's true. I was driving when you called me on the phone. Forgot your keys Locked out in nobody's home Somewhere in my heart You have a special place In my brain Seeing you is a mistake Oh, I know If I come back, I better bring a hammer And use it to smash down your door Just like you used to break my heart You can always call me if you get locked out I have always thought that heavy metal's a superior key
0: all right we're back we heard three songs by Cheyenne dan we heard heavy metal happy days and butterflies those last two songs will appear on their forthcoming ep which is out later this year and very soon they'll have another single dropping for all things shy and dan you can find them on instagram and Spotify, that's C-H-E-Y-E-N-N-E, Dan. They're also on Bandcamp, CheyenneDan.Bandcamp.com, where you can purchase Happy Days. And I don't know if Butterflies is up there yet, but I'm sure you guys are <laughs> up there soon. You guys will get it up there soon. Yeah,
1: I'll make it on Friday soon. Maybe right (laughs) after. You
0: guys will get it up there soon. And of course, available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify. Stream it on your streaming platform of choice. Yes. Right after you finish listening to this episode of Look At My Records. Because now you picked some records from our record collection, and we're going to play them.
2: Okay, so my first one is Hypnic Jerks. Um, I probably just stole yours, too, but.
0: Great album. Yeah. Released about two years ago on that label that people hate now. Yeah. I forget the name of them. What's that, ending, what are they called?
2: Tiny Engine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but they they rule. Um, if I had to pick a song, I'd pick Fell Asleep With A Vision. I can just listen to that song on loop for hours. It's it's so short, but it's so awesome. Um, we saw them play at Rowan actually a few months ago. I guess oh shit, probably that's like sick. a year ago now. Yeah, in a, at a basement show at Rowan, at a four three 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 collective. I don't know if you know them, but they book a lot of awesome shows down outside of Rowan with like. Crazy production at their shows. It's so sick. It's like you're at a concert venue in a sweaty basement. They have like real lights sick. and stuff.
0: Is it lighting?
2: Yeah, they have yeah. lighting.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's
2: crazy. You can look on YouTube Damn. too. They, take some, they have a cool YouTube channel too. Definitely check them out. And they're sick. They have they a do. lighting
0: guy? Like, you know, a real legit venue? There's a the sound guy and then the guy that does like the lights? Yeah, they do. Wow. I'm, I'm That's very That's awesome. legit. Yeah. I am, I've heard of 433... Three yeah. collectors, you almost, you almost three threes, the right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they say se- they seem like good people. Let's give them a shout out. We love you and your emphasis on lighting.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and just booking awesome bands and, and being yeah. great people. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, that that too. <laughs> that too. All right, what's up next?
1: I'm gonna pick "Entertainment" by Gang of Four.
0: Oh, classic!
1: I think the first song, "Ether." I think
0: it's one of my favorites. The I remember I was probably about your age when I first heard this album. And so I'm not I'm not like that much older than you, but I'm like <laughs> a little older than you. And I remember listening to this album for the first time in my dorm room and being like, Whoa this is fucking just like the the bass, just the thump of the bass in yeah. Ether, the first song. Just and then the when the guitars kick in, it's very uh, visceral kind of.
1: Yeah, I think because I was I never really listened to that, and I didn't listen to it until my junior year of college. Um, yeah, I wasn't really into like early like punk music. I was like into some of the '90s stuff when I was in like high school, but then like I kind of stopped listening to that. And my housemate at the time was like super into like all like all like like eight like anything like pre nineties like punk music and uh like this was like one of his favorite records that he would play. And you know, I wasn't really like into it at first. Like it kinda like but then I kinda I just like kept making myself listen to it until it kinda like grew on me and I just I really appreciate just like the simplicity of like the instrumentals and everything.
0: Yeah. It's an incredible album and Sadly, Andy Gill just died, like, earlier this year. Oh, I didn't know it was really sad, yeah, yeah. Because um, I was hoping to see them live again, but sad. But Gang of Four, incredible. I always didn't really know. He did a bunch of production work, too, with, like, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, like, early records. Just kind of weird.
6: Really? I, I didn't don't know like,
0: that. I, I don't like them at all. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If I could, if I'd guess, I'd guess you don't got, you guys don't like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, but it's cool if you do. Don't I'm
1: worry. Not, I'm not, i am not i am not a huge, I mean, I used to be when I was in high school. I mean, I was Me a player in high school, so I was, dude, <laughs> Flea was my god. I totally
0: forgot about Yeah, that. yeah, I get that. <laughs> that's, that's totally understandable. Everyone,
2: everyone liked Red Hot Chili Peppers in high school.
0: Yeah, that was the thing was, I remember I liked them growing up. And then I went to college and every party I went to at college, They would play, like, Stadium Arcadium and shit. It came out, like, that year or the year before, and I just grew very, very tired of them.
3: Yeah,
2: okay, yeah. I think Dylan has been on Red Hot Chili Peppers yeah, kick yeah. recently, though. He's not here right now, but he, yeah. It's good thing he's like, not
0: here, man. I remember him <laughs> talking about Red Hot Chili
2: Peppers and, and we were, like, playing it like we thought he'd be ironic, <laughs> but he was I'm, I'm, I'm being serious. Like, I'm,
0: <laughs> see, see, the funny thing is I bet I could come around to them again someday. Probably you know, it's, it's it. one of those things. Sometimes you just reassess music then at a certain point you get really sick of it and think it's some things are overrated yeah and then you're like oh actually
1: their 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 early music is definitely like um i don't know like it's like more like for the time it was kind of like groundbreaking just sort of like genre wise Um but I, i mean i really understand like because it was more, it was more like punk. I feel like it was fun. Like
0: yeah, punk. it was like a real me- melding of punk and funk. The very, very early stuff. I think they even like worked with George Clinton. They were obsessed with funkadelic, yeah, shit yeah. like that. It's crazy. All right, so all of that to say, Ether off of Entertainment by Gang of Four, and now Nick.
3: All right, so I'm gonna go out on a limb with this one. I'm a big fan of them, but I'm going to do Their Satanic Majesty's Request by the Rolling Stones.
0: Oh, I love this record. This is a great pick. It's, a, it's
3: a great album. It's a great counterpart to Sgt. Pepper's same yes. year, same psych feel, but I love the rawness of Keith's guitar playing in that song. I feel like it is, it is before its time.
0: Nick, this is really excellent pick. I love their Satanic Majesty's request. It's an incredible record, underrated in their catalog, and they got a lot of shit for it when it yeah, came it, out it because is, they were just very yeah viewed as like ripping off Sgt. Pepper. But I think in retrospect, it really holds up well, and it is cool to hear them try to do psychedelic music because then they just reverted back to, you know the blues rock that they yeah, did so well. but And what song did you want to hear?
3: So my favorite off that album is, oh, let me take a look. Which one was it? Oh, uh, She's a Rainbow.
0: Beautiful song. Featured in a recent car commercial. Yeah, I,
3: I noticed that. I, my, <laughs> head, my head like flipped over. <laughs> can't believe I'm hearing this. A car commercial? Kia. I want to say Kia? It's
0: probably Kia. I'm going to guess
3: it's Kia. Kia. But, cool. but I do love that song. It's got a great psych feel to it. That piano intro is, it's not very stable. You have like that kind of interesting feel to it, kind of just drags me into it. Whole Mysterious album.
0: You guys rule. Cheyenne Dan knocked it out of the park with the record selections. And now we're gonna play these awesome songs selected by Colin, Jonah, and Nick of Ewing, New Jersey's Cheyenne Dan. All right, we're back. We're back to wrap things up. So, Cheyenne, Dan, EP's coming out later this year. You got another single on the horizon. What else is going on with you? What else is happening this year? If anything, what you got planned before we say goodbye to everybody?
1: I, I think with you know, COVID lockdowns, I'm just kind of, I'm focusing on just recording and like producing as much music as I can. And he's getting
2: great at it.
1: It's it's (laughs) scary. I want to give him his props.
3: I I sit down
2: in my bedroom, my bedroom is directly below Jonah's. And I sit down in my bedroom and I have like an internship. So I'm like working from home all day, like eight hours a day. And I hear Jonah just mixing and mixing and mixing. It comes through the floorboards and the air vents (laughs) (laughs) and, but you know, we don't, We don't yell at him for the noise (laughs) because we're all supporting him. But he is getting awesome at it. So look forward to what we do in the future.
3: Uh, I'm going to say I'm actually kind of surprised of how well Jonah did with Butterflies and mixing it and all that. It sounded great. It was kind of scary coming from Jonah. (laughs) (laughs) It was awesome though. Thanks, guys. Thanks.
0: Yeah, it's a sick song. I'm pumped about it. I'm pumped for the future of Cheyenne Dan. Can't wait to see you guys play live, and hopefully you get to tour in 2021.
1: I yeah. I really I really want to tour. I'm so like the thing with like the lockdowns is like I should have been planning a tour for this summer, but which is like a lot of work but like i should have been like in the process of doing that and like finalizing everything but i was just too afraid to do it that it never happened and i'm glad i didn't because everything's like closed now
0: yeah it's tough you would have put a lot of work into something that didn't happen we you know i had plans to go to south by southwest do a bunch of stuff i was going with my friend who plays music booked like tons of shows leading up to it and spent a lot of time booking shows in Austin, you know, and then it all went. That was that was one of the by. first
2: big cancellations too, right? What month is South by yeah. happen?
0: March, yeah. Yeah,
2: I remember like so, South by getting canceled was when people were like, "Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe this is gonna."
1: Yeah, um, but yeah. So I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not. When things open up, I'm like not gonna take like things being open for granted. Like I'm gonna try and like as much as i can get a tour together and uh you know just like see just see where things go with like the sort of like break that we have in in your life
0: (laughs) awesome and i want to play one more song i want to play i hope you cry I while hope. listening to Pablo Honey, tell me about that line because I've been revisiting uh. Pablo Honey <laughs> a lot recently. Yeah, um,
1: I mean, that was like one of those lines that, like, where I was talking about before, where they just kind of like it, just like the core, like the chorus for that song, it just kind of like came to me, like, with the melody and the lyrics all together, just while I was driving. And I just took a little like voice memo, and uh, but yeah, I don't know, like, Pablo Honey is just kind of like a meme. And it's you know, and within like the Radiohead discography, and it just it was just kind of like has that like it's just like kind of funny, and it just has that charm. I think like the thought of like someone listening to Pablo Honey and just crying.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I know it's like you know they obviously went on to create so many things that were way better and more challenging to listen to, but for what pablo honey is it's not a bad record it's a good record yeah yeah it's my opinion <laughs> Everyone, i, I just haven't so you even know. i haven't
1: even listened to it that much so i can't even like offer my a counter opinion i don't think i've ever listened to the whole thing
0: it's you just skip creep it's like one of those <laughs> songs where it's like i've heard this song so many times they just skip it okay yeah just skip creep it's oh. otherwise it's like a 90s rock record type of thing
1: Okay, worried. Yeah, I'll definitely revisit I feel like I have to revisit it at some point in my life.
0: Yeah. After writing a lyric like (laughs) that (laughs) gotta listen. Yeah. It's a great lyric. I like it. I love it actually. And I know everyone listening, you're gonna love it too. We're closing with I Hope You Cry by Cheyenne, Dan, my guests. Hey, thank you all so much for taking the time to speak to me. It was a pleasure. Thank
1: thank you for having us. Thank you so much for having us. This is awesome.
0: Anytime, this is I Hope You Cry. I hope you
4: think of me when you listen to Pablo, honey. I hope
6: you cry every time, just like I do. I haven't felt a connection with another human being. a couple of years so this feels weird. This feels kind of abusive. It's a little messed up. We took a trip to Winkwell, but I didn't really
5: like the atmosphere. I don't really like to drive on roads with more